Welcome to another episode of the No Feeding Tubes show. I'm your host, Yvonne McLaren, and I'm here to help you live your best food life following or during head and neck cancer treatment. Thanks for listening. This is a lived experience that I'm sharing with you, and I think this journey is much better shared. So grab your favourite beverage or your walking shoes and let's get started. Welcome to episode three of the No Feeding Tube show. I'm your host Yvonne McLaren and today I'm going to be talking about meal planning and the five top considerations when you do your meal planning either before, during or after head and neck cancer treatment. This uh, discussion forms part of my series Food Talk Pain Points and I'm sharing this information with you as a head and neck cancer patient or as a lived experience really and I felt that meal planning was something that's really important on your journey and the first consideration is nutrition. Now I'm a bit fortunate in that I have an interest in nutrition and should I have had my career time again I probably would have been a dietitian. Never say never but I do have a personal interest in nutrition and as such I'm fairly aware of, um, well not fairly, I'm very aware of what I'm putting into my body, what it's likely to do for me and to me and as that process has uh, engaged me over my life, I've learnt things from reading and from personal research. Now, you have to work out what you're trying to do, and it could be one of many things when you're going through head and neck cancer treatment. Could be weight gain, could be maintenance, um, could be both, could be just simply getting enough calories in your body around feeling nauseous, sick, uh, no taste, dry mouth, pain. Uh, We all know there's a myriad of things that could be stopping us from getting the right amount of nutrients in our bodies. So I think it's very important that you uh, do a bit of research yourself. Uh, You know, our medical support team will say things to us like make sure you have lots of protein for repair and healing make sure you uh, have lots of small meals make sure you maintain your weight Uh, make sure you do this that and the other and you get home to your own kitchen and you go hmm okay how is that going to look for me now I just want to say this I'm a foodie I'm someone who's trained in food I have been in and living around food, or well, as we all have, but it's it's a passion for me. And cooking, um, I'm a trained chef. I've been through the, the meal. Um, and I found it difficult. I found it really challenging. Um, as a person going through this treatment on my own, I thought, wow, if you don't have the background in food like I do, how do people manage this? I think it would be really difficult. 
So that's the first thing you need to consider when you're meal planning. The second thing you need to consider when you're meal planning is texture. Now, depending on what you've had done, and I've been, I call myself a baseline head and neck cancer patient because <laughs> there's nothing baseline about it. I, I know that. I'm, I'm just saying that I have been really fortunate that I haven't had another part of my body removed to fix tongue, mouth, reconstruction, that sort of thing. So I call myself baseline. Uh, I still have my taste um, I still have the ability to chew. My ability to swallow is not that great and I have to manage my food um, quite strictly in terms of what I can and can't manage and that changes on a daily basis. So texture is super important and something that they don't talk to us about, well certainly not in my experience, um, is the IDSI framework uh, I-D-D-S-I and I'll leave uh, a link in the show notes here but ITSI is an amazing worldwide framework that really dictates or, or provides criteria for uh, aged care, um, dietitians, speech, speech pathologists etc to know what texture variations there are and how to all keep it uniform worldwide why they don't tell us about idsi as patients i do not know maybe it's just me that got really excited about it because of my cooking background but idsi is fabulous and you'll know when looking at it what stage you're at i think it goes from one to eight from memory um so work out what your texture capabilities are uh, i just realized the other day that i can't eat fresh uh cold watermelon watermelon I had troubles with R's and L's and I was really disappointed in Australia we're just coming out of the back end of summer and I went to have some cold watermelon the other day couldn't actually get my tongue to maneuver around it let alone swallow it so uh, I ended up freezing it and making it into a sorbet so text is really important you probably also discover that uh, some meat, meat is okay, some meat isn't okay. So for example for me, I can't do beef terribly well, but I can do pork. I can't do chicken very well, but I can do lamb. So you just have to work out what texture is okay for you. I had a second biopsy which put my swallow back I think about three or four months and I've never really regained that so at the moment I, I have a bit of hit and miss with uh, a number of textures but I just keep going up and down the spectrum until I I hit on something that is pretty average for me and I can stick and maintain with that. The third consideration are portion sizes. Now I discovered that what I could eat pre-head and neck cancer was quite different to what I can now eat post-head and neck cancer and your eyes are definitely much bigger than your stomach and certainly I found that out the hard way I kept making all this food and thinking you know Yvonne maybe we should just knock back the portion sizes a bit um, to what they probably should have been anyway um, 
I find we all tend to eat probably a bit much than we need sometimes, uh, particularly if you're drinking alcohol on top of it. But anyway, I digress. I don't want to digress. So portion sizes are very important. That old adage of having a palm-sized piece of protein is probably a very good indicator of where you need to be. And obviously liquids, um, if you're eating a full smoothie, as I was in the end, I was getting a lot more uh, calories than I probably needed, so my weight was going up. So I, I've just worked out my portion sizes really well and what I was putting into those portions in terms of the micro and the macronutrients and eating a lot of high density, nutrient-dense, calorific food and making sure that that was in a texture. And for those listening, I'm using inverted commas with my fingers, uh, that that high nutrient-dense food is in a texture that I can ingest easily. The fourth consideration uh, is seasons and what you can access seasonally wherever you live uh you know wherever you are listening to this podcast you may well be on the other side of the world which means the sorts of food products that you have available to you are going to be different from what I have available to me at any given time that I'm preparing meals for you or showing you how to make things from scratch online uh I use seasonal produce a lot And in Australia, we're very lucky that we have access to really good, fresh food and pretty much across the spectrum. I have a couple of friends who run uh, farm, food farms from sort of paddock to plate scenarios. They often give me produce that they have access of and I then work out what sort of food I can make that into so that I can swallow it and that it fits into the nutrient or nutrition uh, outlines that I've set for myself. So that's what I mean by seasonal food, making the most of it. It's also more cost effective and from an environmental standpoint you're reducing uh, carbon footprint if you're getting food in from somewhere else or it comes in a tin or a package or whatever. So I I think you probably understand where I'm coming from there. Uh, Also, um, in this Food Talk Pain Point series, I talk about one of the most important things, and I do talk about this in my Mind Food Body program, is... Uh, writing down what your meal planning is going to look like. And I go into more depth in the program around working out what nutrients you need to have in, where you might get those from, what food groups, how you manipulate that to make sure it's a food that you can ingest and swallow or stick into your tube, whatever you're doing at this particular stage in your journey. Working out what that might look like as a shopping list and how you go about shopping for that food so that you're only buying food that you are using in your meal planning guide. Which brings me to my fifth consideration when meal planning, and in many ways this is the most important one for me, and that is connecting, staying connecting with your food. Keeping the joy in food. 
we all know that this journey can be an incredibly dark, lonely place when it comes to food. It affects so many senses. It affects your personal life, your social life, your food life. It affects so many things that never get talked about. And part of the reason for me doing these podcast episodes are to talk about those things that are never mentioned when you're with your professional team. You know, they're so busy just trying to keep you alive and keep you healthy, but the stuff that they don't talk about, I think, is equally as important as the stuff that they do talk about. So staying connected to food. And this is where I would ask carers to take note about uh and i and i did this journey alone i'll just say that in in the sense that i had to make my own meals and sort out my own syringe and feeding with commercial formulas and that sort of thing so i didn't have a carer per se but i would just make this comment if as a carer or you as the patient uh being removed from food preparation this is where I would say to you be really careful and really mindful of that if you start to remove yourself from food I think that journey back to eating real food again becomes more difficult and more problematic Uh, I had friends who said to me you need to get back into your own house Yvonne I'd been living overseas and came back because of a sore throat I had to get my tenants out of my house so that I could get back into my garden and I reconnected with food through my garden. I started growing herbs again, uh, spinach for my smoothies and don't underestimate that simple act of being out in the fresh air and the sun, having your hands in soil and being at the beginning part of that food chain process of growing your own food, running your hands through freshly uh, sprouted basil in the sun, you know, that sort of the senses that you can keep um, in touch with is really important to uh, keep you connected to food. And if your carer or the person that's looking after you is you know, preparing your food, going to the shops, buying the food, bringing it home, unpacking it, washing it, putting it away, preparing the meals, providing you with the meals, making sure that you eat two, three, four, five, six small meals a day, cleaning up after you, cleaning up your syringes or your cups or whatever. All those things remove you from your connection with food and you start to lose the joy of food, the smell of food. You might make you feel nauseous, but if you're out in the garden, the smell of fresh rosemary or basil or peppermint or mint may not. So I, I would encourage you to um, stay connected with food uh, through those methods. And just to recap and finish up on episode three, my five top meal planning considerations are number one what's your nutrition focus and goal number two what texture can you manage and have you worked that out number three your portion sizes readdress those they're likely going to be very different from where you were before hnc treatment 
Number four, the seasons. Try, where possible, to use seasonal produce. And number five, in my opinion, one of the most important is connecting with food. Make sure you stay connected to food. Uh, I think you'll find that that transition off your peg tube back to oral eating will be a lot easier uh, if you maintain those connections to food. I will leave some notes uh, and some links in the show notes for you to uh, go to a couple of those areas that I mentioned in today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed this Food Talk Pain Point uh, episode about meal planning and I look forward to greeting and having you on board at next week's episode. So until then, stay safe and um, enjoy your food where you can. Thanks everyone.